heroes have found out the secret of the Golden Horizon Conservatory. It is the home of Project Seahawk, some nefarious endeavor that aims to steal the powers of captive individuals, either students or alumni of the Academy, and invest their powers into loyal subjects of the British Crown that could be trusted to advance the interests of the Empire across the Commonwealth and beyond. Armed with this knowledge, our heroes advance to free the prisoners, destroy Project Seahawk, and escape the City of Spies. All right, so we've uh, we've got a bus. Boardwalker's going to handle. Is it Luna and Ultra? I, I think Astra was her name in the first one, wasn't it? Astra and Luna. Did she change her name? I'm actually opening to the alt files for. Yeah, it was Astra. Uh, she changed her name when they won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she leveled up. Yeah. Uh, now she's Ultra. Yeah, she leveled up. Instead of faster, is now So Ultra and Luna. Uh, uh, yeah, so Voidwalker's got that unlocked. Yeah, I guess at this point, it's just a matter of getting into that lab and figuring out what we need to do there. So there is one of the gyms. There is an, that there is a sliding door that leads to a service elevator that takes you to three floors down where there is this medical lab that it stands underground and it has a, a secret underground pier that takes out a small submarine to the sea. So that is the complex. So the question is, we're going to open with you wrecking that shit. So it's time for each of you to describe your entrance. Yeah. Damn, there's a submarine? Your big ass. Yeah, there's a submarine. Yeah. We could have used a submarine? She didn't tell us about the submarine. <laughs> well, you're going to probably find out the, of the submarine once you are wrecking shit out and you see people escaping to. Oh, there's a, a secret underground pyre here. Uh, well, um. Well, you can now escape on the submarine because <laughs> now it's going to be for. I was going to say, yeah, we just, maybe, maybe we should just escape on the submarine. I was like, the submarine is like, uh, but we've spent this check to get the butt, uh, uh, submarine so much better. Oh, no, here's the problem. Genuinely, while the submarine is cooler, you know that we are way more likely to be noticed and shot with a torpedo. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, isn't there like an American blockade or something? Yeah, there's an American and a Soviet blockade. Yeah, it's, you know, it's only the most dangerous piece of territory in the world. What could go wrong? Yeah, let's stick with the bus plan. And there's probably like four Aquamen who will murder the shit out of us. Yeah. Do you think they ever have contests about which one is the most Aquaman? Yes. Yeah, let's stick with the bus plan. Yeah, but I still want to know what is going to be your epic Avengers opening, wrecking shit up as you make your way to the lab for the final battle. Johnny Jennings drops from the ceiling with his, like, it lands in a three-point pose like Black Widow just entirely. No, I'm kidding. Okay, yeah. Uh, fan artist, I want a John show of that. 
or Frank, Frank Cho. I can't remember his name now, except his last name, Cho. Frank Cho. Frank Cho. Yeah. Frank Cho. Don't want a Frank Cho of that, please. I should never have said that out loud. <laughs> I regret this so much. This is not going to be cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it's not. We get it. You like to abuse your power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I feel... I mean, this feels very silly, but I feel like Johnny would... Like, I don't know about the other two, but I feel like they are sort of much more positioned for badass superhero entrances. I feel like Johnny's just going to take the elevator like very calmly, like just fully like he's got a cigar that he's like smoking in the elevator. And then as soon as is he's not this, listen, I know that he can rearrange matter. Thank you, Brad. I, he's, I'm just saying he's not always prone to flashy displays. Sometimes he's just like, oh, well, I guess I'll just take the elevator and go down there. So he just gets in the elevator and he has a cigar lit and he's like, you know, just like clicking up like the pieces on his gun, just, you know, making sure everything's everything's good to go and of course it is because he built the gun himself so it's uh, just a phenomenal piece of piece of hardware and then uh, he basically steps out of the elevator and then uh, as soon as he has assessed the situation which doesn't take very long he starts shooting bad people yeah I think I will be also on the elevator and I will totally just kick the elevator doors and of course they go flying into important objects big explosions and all that and then just like charge in. Yeah, Johnny very calmly just walks out behind Vester Kier. Yeah. I think that there's probably a like catwalk walkway above it. And as Vester Kier walks out after kicking the doors, John Doe runs, jumps on Vester Kier's shoulder, and jumps up there to knock people out. Yeah, and then Johnny just like, as I'm assuming, what I'm envisioning is like this elevator sort of looks down onto a lab and there's like sort of a very clinical like like steel. He just sort of crouches down and like just aims over the steel railing and just starts just, I mean, just popping off like perfect shots until we have this room cleared. I think he would also probably specifically target whatever control panel would provide access to the submarine so nobody can escape because we don't want that. Nobody's getting out. Sorry. Ooh, even to the point where, if possible, I think he would do like like a transmuting bullet where once it hits, it transmutes the panel into something else. Like uh, it just turns the whole thing into like wood or something. So there's just no connection to anything. A submarine of flowers. Yeah, I think for John Doe, he does in fact have from the previous scene the uh, the sock full of dollar coins, and there's several much better armed security guys around him. And then he just sighs and just starts knocking them and just starts bonking them on the head with it. I think there's uh, some big freaks there. And Bezerkir is just, you know, one on one these giant freaks. Uh, some like surplus U.S. war mecha. Yeah, basically war mecha and just a big guy, just a big guy. Because you know there's got to be a big guy here. There's always a big guy. Yeah, and you clear the room, and you see a lot of tanks. Some of them, there are people floating inside. There is a big central tank, and you can see one of the capsules where there seems to be a sedated police guys that seem to be prepared to be put in whatever this system is. 
I hate to ask this. Is there somebody in the central tank? Yes. It's tearing. You can see the bubbles coming out and the hand presses against the tank. So it begins to crack. Oh no. Uh, Johnny, figure out how to get them safely out. I think we have a limited time now. Yeah, I have a feel this is about to get messy, is it? Uh, let's save Liz real quick. And a groggy Liz wakes up. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, I was told about Elisa. She told me something. I was confronting the Baroness about. And then, oh, my hand. John looks. And I respect your commitment to uh, to justice and trying to do the right thing. Uh, hi, we're here to rescue you. You got knocked out. You want to help our friend Johnny here load some of these other people to try to see the powers of on the bus? The bus? Yeah, we're getting you out of here. Yeah, we we have a bus. Uh, which we need to, we need to get you out of here before she can reply anything. The central container just explodes, and you see a man in Air Force uniform step out, and you recognize the royal prince, and he seems just brimming with power. As you realize that the only person that the royal family could interest with Project Seahawk powers is another than the second child of the queen. Uh, well, shit. Yeah, I think Johnny, I mean, just sort of reflexively immediately just fires a like dead center headshot. Not in a way where he's like officially trying to engage, just kind of like, uh, here's one of these. And also I have other stuff to do. Yeah, as soon as you immediately do that, reflexively, just a wall of radiative fire is around him and melts the bullet. And Clyde is just, he has my powers. How he has my powers? It's okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna whoop his ass. Uh, I didn't have beating up a monarch with a sack full of dollar coins on my bucket list today, but hey, you know, you have to give yourself a little treat every day. You ready, Joachim? As I'll ever be. Don't your people have a history of dealing with these guys? Oh, yeah, but usually... Okay, good. I don't know how you who you people are, but you have no idea what you're messing with. I have no idea who you are. Literally, he's yeah. Johnny just is like laying down a, a full on barrage of suppressive fire, and he's just like, "Liz, come on, we got to get out of here!" And just like starts like just like help me grab the other children, please. We'll worry about this all just as we go on. Come on now. Yeah, and he takes flight and starts. We just have this thing floating in the air, creating lifting the metal and debris and superheating with nuclear fire and starting throwing it all around the place making this an extreme water dose zone and it's a fight as you try to get away from the lab so who wants to go first i guess highway man keeps shooting so it only makes sense yeah so oh man your turn we are on green one all right I'm going to use... Then I'm going to use load, my signature weapon. Not good. 
No, so that's a, that's a boost with the three and the boost with the one. So what is that, two plus ones? Two plus ones, yeah. Let's just call one cover fire and, uh, yeah, just cover fire and then, I don't know, like, look over here. And I'm going to pass to... Uh, I'm going to pass straight over to... I'm going to pass to John Doe, actually, because since, since Berserker's in yellow. Well, I do have a sock full of dollar coins. And I'm going to use it once and then drop the bit because the bit's almost over now. John is going to, as we're still running in the in the base, jump up and just using... I'm going to cash in the look over here bo- boost. So as he looks over at Highway Man who's shooting at him, John's going to try and hit him in the dome. And I'm going to use my opening blow. So I'm going to get my max die. I get a plus one, so I'll add a minus one. And we use strength, close combatant, and a d6. I'm going to take the the seven I have. So I'll take the eight, but I'm still at a minus one, so seven. I'm the game hates. So the fail, son. Yeah, like what do we call? What do we call a uh, British Homelander? <laughs> British Homelander. I like this one actually. <laughs> British Homelander. That's. <laughs> Let's just call. Let's just start. Just Britlander. Britlander. Yes. Britlander. Okay, so they defend uh, with the twelve. I hate them. Yeah. So how do they manage to fly away from your attacks? So as. John Doe goes to ba- go to do his classic leap up to hit them. John Doe's leg is still hurt, so he doesn't get as much power as he needs. So they just move quicker than he expects to dodge the attack. And he looks up at them and then whatever the follow up is happens. And not only he's doing that, but you can see him. <laughs> you really have no idea what Titan you are facing. And you can just hear Aurora screaming pain as he drains more of her powers. And he, she takes 10 damage. No, wait, how much you were going? Seven. Yes, seven. Okay, so she actually manages to save with an eight. So you can see her screaming in pain as it tries to hurt her. But thankfully she saves. So even though she's she's out of the machine, yeah. And this is... Yeah. Oh, this is not good. It is not good. Even if you destroy the project, it seems that the bounds, that whatever how, whatever the way that this Seahawk thing works, that he's still connected to them. You're going to need to be a bit more extreme. Yeah, we, we can't run from this. So who are you passed to? All right, buckle up. I'm passing over to the Academy. The ceiling starts to collapse and it's, well, it's just underneath a gym and a student is falling down and ends up dangling from the top of a tube. And it's just, he's just started looking down at this flying British Air Force officer Train nuclear fire and debris around and all these people's being dragged out and this fight going on and they just start screaming completely clueless and yeah they're gonna fall at any moment so that's gonna be a challenge to save them and next Seahawk he completely ignores this student and he just gathers a bunch 
of broken glass and superheats it in plasma and turns to John Doe. My turn, peasants come and attacks you. The full unleash of his powers. I'll take it. Now, how much do I take? Wait, still have not rolled. And I guess it's going to be Prince of the Skies. Okay, so that's 18 damage that you're going to take. And they take 10 damage. So you take 18, they take 10, and they also get a hinder of minus 3. Okay, wow. So, power drain. Yeah. Yeah, they they gave a big blast, but... uh, I have a weird question. Does he even have a reaction? I gain a reaction because of the damage he deals me. Yeah, that's afterwards. Okay, that's fine. That's... I was a little curious. I figured it worked that way. Hey, uh, I'm in the yellow zone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. I'm... I'm. Thank you. I, I will try and protect. Hey, uh, here's the thing. I'm one away from the red zone, which is fine, because then I'm going to teach this guy a fucking lesson. I mean, he, he's an ultimate glass cannon. You are, you've been waiting for that pun with this character, haven't you? Yes, I've been waiting I'm sitting for this for so long. John Doe takes the hit, rolls back, looks at Berserk here. I think he just melted my favorite shirt. Mm-hmm. And our artist starts draining the radiation out of you. Well, my turn. And she blasts him with the, what seems like a small sun. And I'm like, you're just an imposter. I'll show you how this power is used. And... At the beginning, he seems to be resisting, but he falters for a moment and takes one damage. The problem is, who will say is looking at this exchange? Closer. Oh, uh, depends. Does it get bright really fast? Yeah, that's the thing. It gets this bright really fast that it's damaging. I don't think as a warrior, Berserkir wouldn't take their eyes off Britlander. Yeah. So that's the problem. That will be three damage then. Coming your way. From the sudden glare explosion of Fugami radiation, as two nuclear bombs basically are exploding against each other. Well, but you can reduce that to one, right? Yeah, and I did. Okay, and next one is, of course, is Berserkir. Last one for the round. I think power strike is because 18 damage. I cannot. I can. I my quote unquote damage resistance, aka so, not stand up to that for long. Also, he uses his reaction just now. So yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and power strike them or him. So that's a eight. So that's an eight, and you cannot defend. So 43 is on the yellow zone. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, new turn. Who you give up to next? I'm going to pass it to John Doe, and hopefully he can save uh, save the student. <laughs> All right. Saving the student is an overcome, correct? Yeah. John is going to roll up, start doing his crazy bounced around thing to grab the falling student. I don't trust the dice enough to do the thing I was briefly considering. 
because I could take two ba- basic actions using my acrobatics ability, but I have to take the minimum die, and uh, that just does not seem worth it. I'm just going to focus on rescuing her. Him. Him. Sorry, I don't know. Them. The person. $6 million question, Ludo. Can I argue using principle of the team because saving people who are falling is kind of like peak superhero team stuff? Yeah. I got a 10. Yeah, tell us how you make your perfect safe and leave the student in a place where they cannot be harmed on the ensuing nuclear hailstone. I jump, catch them in a perfect spin, break through a convenient window and land. I put them down, dust them off for a second, and just, uh, hey, you're good. Run. Like now. <laughs> Away from this. <laughs> they do. And now I get to decide who we pass to. I'm going to pass the academy. You just ended up saving this student. And as you are just cleaning the debris, you see a lot of the teaching staff and a few students coming in and looking at you and they start taking photos of you. And there is a lot of murmuring as they seem to have recognized us or are guessing who you are. And you can hear some people, hey, look, bring Alyssa Jones here. Hey, and you are under heavy scrutiny. And suddenly people are very well aware and they are starting to suspect your identity. So that will going to be, be a hinder of minus three because whatever you're going to do, you're also trying to avoid blowing this whole thing open. Next is Seahawk. And Seahawk sneers at John Doe, who was fighting him, went to the side. And like, well, I know better than those my powers against you. I know that you can absorb them, these guys. But can they? And he, once again, creates this ball of plasma. Unlike and rising like a sun-eating crow, he dives unleashing it as a fist against Highwayman. So that's 11 damage to Highwayman. And he takes... Uh, I'm going to use Ambush Awareness. Yeah, roll for it. Uh, Okay. And he takes 6 damage. So he's at 37. And he has a hinder of minus 2. Let's go, baby. I rolled a 10. Yeah, so tell me how you are going to be hit with a nuclear fist, quite literally, made of four plasma, and you managed to reduce the damage to one. So tell us how you basically only get a sunburn from being this close. Oh, it's not a sunburn. No, it's actually uh, it's actually closer to frostbite. I transmute it instantly. I just like I just put a hand out and transmute this nuclear shit into beautiful snow. It's actually not frostbite. It's I turn the whole thing into just like into snow, but it does knock me backward a little bit because it is still a big old just uh, just a big lump of snow. So it just bonks me into the wall a little bit and it hurts, but not very much. I think it's literally just like Johnny's just like, that's fire, so ice. <laughs> All right. And I guess it makes only sense that next is going to be Highwayman. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna... 
I'm concerned about all of these people being in here, seeing us do stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna strop all my team. Should I do anything about these folks who are who are scrutinizing us, or should I just go ahead and start trying to attack the big nuclear bad man? Well, I'm I'm not too worried about the cameras because unless you got a particular film, nuclear radiation will totally ruin film. I think is that what it does? Like it basically overexposes it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, all these cameras are fucking worthless right about now. Yeah. I would say, yeah, after the big nuclear fist, which then I did some some insane transmutation shit on, which I imagine has its own sort of energy signature that does things to stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably not that big of a deal. I don't think there's much we can do about the crowd unless we want to lure this guy to a secluded area. I mean, beyond just trying to scare them off by yelling, hey... This is very, very radioactive. Hmm. Yeah, but this is the comic book universe, and radiation just gives you powers, not radiation poisoning. <laughs> I mean, fair is fair. We'd, we'd also probably don't want more random motherfuckers at this school ending up with superpowers. It doesn't seem like it's been a great thing around here so far. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to give Shad superpowers. Uh, so I, th- I'm not gonna do anything actively with them. I'm just gonna turn and sort of yell, "Hey, this dude's firing giant blasts of cosmic radiation. You should get out of here. This is wicked dangerous." And then I'm going to uh, now. I, I this is gonna be a little bit out of character for me, but I'm going to shoot him in the head. Uh, so I'm going to use spin and shoot uh, attack using lightning calculator plus defend during minimum die. Okay, so the attack's only a four, and then I've got a defend of three. Okay, so they defend with a seven. That's four damage that if you shoot them in the head, it's going straight in the head, but it just, he stops the bullet with telekinesis and shakes it away, and it goes towards Berserker. So that's four damage going towards Berserker. Uh, okay. Sorry, man. <laughs> just got shot. That's all right. That's all right. I just got nothing right now except for my measure resistance. 21. So two? Yeah, two. I take two. Okay, who goes next? Uh, I'll give it to Persecure. Okay. Uh, he, I, I'm sorry, I'm debating. Like, Do I want to try and drain some powers from them, from him, from Seahawk, with modification wave? I mean, because then that is giving 11 and 18 damage, minus 3 and minus 4. Dang, so that's only a minus 2. I got a 4. It's a middle dice because it doesn't say so. But and since he's... Uh, is there anybody... Anything else? Like, can I hinder the academy? Can the academy be a target? I forget. Does it say heroes? Well, usually not, but sometimes it rolls, so I guess can... Yeah, so I hinder uh, Seahawk. Keep wanting to call him Homelander. <laughs> yeah, Britlander. Uh, so the next is Aurora. What do you want Aurora to do? Yeah, she hits him for twelve damage. Whoop his ass! That was cool. Do it again. Beat his whole ass. Because she boosts whenever she deals damage with her powers. 
Joe's figure all that then and he still have a price too. So he goes to 25. I'm sorry, I didn't know if y'all knew this, but um, John Doe is now a single father to a incredibly powerful superheroine. <laughs> it's a hard life, but that you know, that's the life he chose. Why are you cutting me out of the equation of fatherhood? What a way to learn that you're getting divorced. Well, that's fair. You're right. Uh, this is who, who, who? How dare? Yeah, I know. I just like I just the whole time I've been using specifically the phrase "my beloved husband," and all of a sudden now I'm just now I'm not even married anymore. God. Let's reframe this whole thing. Our superhero polycule would like to present our two children, Voidwalker and Aurora. Our two children, God and a really, really angry goblin. Yeah, so well, how this happen is she rises on the sky and she has the sun against her back. And suddenly you don't see Aurora. You just see a second sun descending and being compressed into a single beam of pure plasma that lands like a Command and Conquer super weapon right over Project Seahawk, incinerating the Royal Prince. As he starts crawling from that, he starts laughing. (laughs) I told you, this power can do so much more. And he flies towards John Doe and tries to grab you through the head. Uh, I'm going to use, what is it, uh, Mystic Redirection on that. Okay, so how do you intervene and <laughs> become the target? Basically, I'm going to have the spirits kind of almost warp the space, and it, he turns without realizing it, coming straight for me, and I'm going to defend against this with my uh, die here. This is my reaction, so... Yeah, and you get struck with a blast of radiation that makes your bones visible. Wow. Uh, But the spirits protect you, uh, but he seems to start healing. So he's now at 27. I'm inevitable. If you keep punching, I'll just keep healing. You cannot beat me and you will never be free of me. I guess Verzuki goes next. All right. Um, so that was basically no damage to me because you'd have to beat a 10. Mm-hmm. They just healed. Looking down at him, Berserkir just totally no-sells that hit. Uh, all right. I just power strike again. Power strike. Yeah, no, there's no additives. It just uses my max die, so it's nine. Oh, the rules shit. So that's six damage, so they go to 21. So how does that go? Basically, as they punch me, they're still trying to you know, push me back. And I just slam the haft of the axe right down on his spine. And I say, to call that healing, just wait. I'll show you real healing. All right, who goes next? Oh, right. I got to choose that, don't I? Um, I have some. So, uh... Seahawk is gone. I wish. So who's who hasn't gone yet? Uh, Jundo, Highwayman, uh, the Academy, and Aurora. Academy. So 
you can see the security people coming in and one of them seems to be a superpowered SAS agent yelling a sword, a claymore to be precise, and wearing a kilt and without saying a word just jumps down into the fray. So now you have a D8 lieutenant on the scene. Traitorous. Uh, traitorous Scotsman. Nah, let's go with John Doe. Let's assume that John Doe gonna be closer to the Scottish. Not mad Jack Churchill. Um, I'm worried that Britlander will literally kill us if we don't deal with him. Does anyone think that's incorrect? Oh yeah, Britlander will total is the bigger threat. <laughs> like the Academy so far. Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna do something that I got an idea. I'm going to actually use, even though I'm at a big penalty, but everybody hear me out. I'm going to do a goofy, goofy move. Um, I'm going to use my gotta be quicker than that. Let's me take two basic actions using acrobatics. I'm going to take a basic attack against Britlander and I'm going to take a hinder against him. I'm going to use my strength, my acrobatics and a D six minus four for the first of them. So I'll do the attack first and the hinder. Cool. It looks like I'm probably going to be, I take the minimum die, which does suck a lot. Sweet. I got a zero. I got a one because minimum ones. Uh, so he's going to take a one damage and have a minus one hinder. As uh, John Doe puts him in a headlock, calling the hinder on him the Goku position. He can take one damage that he can't defend against. Yep. And then uh, I'm going to pass the highway man. Yelling <laughs> as John Doe puts the prince in headlock. Yelling, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> Shoot him in the face. So I'm going to phase through the wall and leave this. No, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah, I'll go with. Is anyone left in this round other than myself? Aurora. So if you deal enough damage, you can just double tap him. So you know if this will have gone slightly different, you will be fighting Aurora. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad. I would be upset about that. I'm glad we're fighting Britlander. Uh, what was the other? That's the Londoner, whatever the fuck. Private Seahawk, the Royal Prince, Taken Felsen. I, I, I just, yeah, this, this douchebag. Felsen <laughs> <laughs> part two. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm going to use called shot. You are? Okay, so I, uh, am going to boost, yes, John Doe. Uh, I got an eight for that one. Is that a plus two or a plus three? Yeah, I'm going to boost John Doe uh, with uh, that plus three. Brad, you can come up with a name for that boost. I was imagining something with a wrestling name. And then I guess my attack is only a four. Yeah, but you cannot defend, so... So that puts him in the red zone. And then uh, Johnny uh, looks at Aurora and says, Hit him again! And passes to Aurora. And she does not hesitate, and that's eight damage coming his way. He's really on his last legs. Spread, do you think that you could remove his legs? Yeah, that's true. Who you want Aurora to pass? Because we can finish him, and then we only have an angry Scotsman as you are running away. Uh, what, what's his HP at again? Eight. Uh, I think that where I am right now... I could probably finish this fight if I get past because I'm no longer on a penalty. I would like Aurora to pass to John Doe, especially considering the, the boost, the boost that I just gave to him. Kill. Please, John, do kill. Do the murderize. 
let me let's see what I get on this roll because like I am absolutely oh no like I am aiming to like remember we've mentioned this before John Doe doesn't have a compunction with killing horrible evil people it's only people who are neutral to good so yeah no John Doe's not holding back but also uh, let me see what I get on this roll because I might have the dumbest perfect joke for uh, the one liner before I suplex him to death so John Doe switches his grip from the headlock into lock his arms around the shoulders of Britlander, of the Londoner. He leans in and just, hey, this move comes from the same place as your royal bloodline. And then German suplexes him, dealing 10 lethal damage. Yeah, it took 10 lethal damage too from that point. 20 lethal damage. The royal prince lies dead in your hands. And uh, the other people that were on the tanks, they start waking up confused. And now you have to get the fuck away. And you have the security forces of the conservatory to worry about. All right. So who goes next and what do they do? Are we still in combat? Do I still need to pass? I'm still an action scene, but yeah, we still need to pass. I'm going to look at the Scotsman with the big claymore and just, hey, hey, Berserkir, I think that guy's weapon is bigger than yours and pass the Berserkir. God, I don't want to make that joke, so I'm not going to. Frontline fighting this guy or modification wave, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Uh... He's a lieutenant, a D8 lieutenant, if that helps. Yeah, power strike. Screw it. Let's just start knocking them down. Might as well just for the heck of it. Wow. They can't. Yeah, so he did not save. So he goes back to a D6. So tell me how that happens. I think the Scotsman comes charging at the biggest target or probably actually they would probably be going straight. If they're a loyalist, probably going straight for John Doe. And I think Berserkir just kind of checks them into a wall. Okay, uh, Aurora Academy, Scotsman. Yeah, Seahawkey's gone. Uh, I'm going to say the Scotsman. Scotsman's going to go next. Yeah, so he's banged up against the wall. And he says, You killed the prince? I'm going to claim your head. And... He uses the sword to as kind of a pole to jump and he turns into a rotating ball of steel as he goes over against Berserkir. He's Sonic the Hedgehogging me. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehogging you for four damage. Uh, well, if it's at me, all I can do is just uh, damage resistant to... Yeah. yeah, so there is this class of axe against Claymore. The sparks fly. And who goes next? The Academy. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, uh, you are making your way to the top, and there is basically the entire Academy between you and the bus. And uh, that's going to be a challenge that's going to take two overcomes to get through this to the bus. And next is going to be Highwayman. Yeah, I'm just going to transmute homies claymore into lava all right we're having a lot of fun with fire today so i figure i might as well oh wait i guess yeah no wait no yeah inflict uh yeah i'll do that 
Uh, it's a four on the attack and a hinder of three. So he saves and he has a hinder of ministry. I guess the hinder is that he's swordless. Because <laughs> he drops the lava. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to call this hinder. Now you're just Scottish. I would have called it Scottish dependence. Ministry. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, next, who do you pick? Aurora. What do you want Aurora to do? Blast his ass! Yeah, it's, I mean, I know, yeah, I know it's not very original, but that's pretty much just what I want. It's just, it's just like, hey, get this one too! Yeah, and she blasts, but I think she's tired because the masses are missing. And Aurora's like, huh, I guess... I guess he was taking too much of my juice, huh? So, new round. Aurora gives to whom? Somebody's got to overcome this. Like, these, the academy. We're not getting anywhere. Yeah, you're not getting anywhere. I can roll the overcome. I can also roll an overcome. Um, I've got some, because I've got my principle of a tactician, which makes a lot of sense in this con- context. Oh, neat. Okay, how did you prepare exactly for this? I think I would have been prepared for a fight, and I probably would have done something to make it so that the academy itself was less ready for our presence. So I got, what's his name, the little anarchist dude, little anarchist guy? Tommy Gregory? Yeah, I got him to, uh, I gave him some money to pay off a few kids to all pull fire alarms around the schools at at an exact time. Uh, and I wanted, I like, basically I, in the planning of this, thought about the time that I, if everything went perfectly smoothly, would have liked it to be. And then I was just like, and then subtract like five minutes because I imagine there will be complications. Um, and so I basically was just like, Hey, at, at this exact time, get a bunch of kids to pull the fire alarm, get everybody out. Like, And I think actually maybe if I was able to, I might have convinced him to have at least one kid start an actual fire in like one of the chemistry labs so that the sprinklers are going and there's just like a lot of pandemonium. The Academy is having a tougher time act. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to roll my overcome. So is a five the best you can get? Looks like it. Uh, Yeah. Is this a minor twist or a major twist? Oh, I know it. I think you did not account that uh, there are security services coming on. Uh, that you did not count that they will be carrying, calling firemen and police and whatnot. And you realize as you're making progress that the, the streets ahead going to be blocked. And that's going to be a hinder for your next action using the max die. So that's going to be a minus two hinder as you have security attention as you realize that maneuvering out of that is going to be near impossible to do so without getting detention from the security services of Tokyo our wanted rating goes up a couple stars yeah so who goes next Uh, I'll pass it to John Doe I'm going to steal Highwayman's trick but using a different overcome principle the worry is, is that we won't be able to get our bus out because of fear of calling these emergency services and such. The pulling the fire alarms, that they'll be there to see what's going on, also because of the inevitable radiation. And you see, that is a very good point. So instead, John Doe, who's been at this school before, is going to use his principle of amnesia 
grab a phone that he knows could be an intercom and using his substitute teacher John Doe disguise voice attention all students and faculty we have a code green please remain in your classrooms uh, until such a time as we can make sure the halls are clear we have a code green and then I'm going to uh, roll I don't know what a code green is but uh, if I roll that can be the drawback if I get a bad roll so my highest is a six. I'll take the eight, but I still get the minus two penalty for my busted leg. So what is the, the six? That's a minor twist, right? Oh, I know exactly what happened. You get the feeling that you're missing time. But it's just an odd sense. But, man, because you are able to sense matter, you are sure that atoms have moved at the speed that they should not have moved it, as if time was still when they move it. And you realize that there's someone that has time powers that is doing something in this area. And this manifests on John Doe as an out of sync minus two. I'll take it. But hey, you are on the bus, or if you want to be, uh, you want, do you want to pass to anyone and uh, deal with the Scotsman? Or do you want to have the Scotsman chasing after you? Berserk, you're not the Scotsman out. Well, depends. Uh, if you deal 12 damage. And that's, so that's like two more hits to completely knock him out, right? Otherwise, yeah, it's two hits. Yeah, so they are down to four. Tell us how you pummel them. Yeah, just straight across the jaw. No axe. Don't really want to kill this person, so... Yeah, and Aurora goes next, and she gives a radiation blast that knocks him in curses. Let's go. Yeah, so you are on the bus. Everyone is on the gas. Uh, Everyone is on the bus. Luna and Ultra are confused on the bus. Void Walker is on the bus. Kills on the bus go round and round. The priestesses are on the bus. You have the seven people that you saved on the bus. Aurora's on the bus. Okay, yeah, that's that, that's that accounts for everyone. The seven people in in there, and then four more. Yeah, okay. John Doe quickly throws on the bus driver's shirt, <laughs> turns it on, and we gun it. You managed to make all the way towards the checkpoint, and you are waiting on the toll past to the other side of Tokyo. So how are you going to make sure that you are not stopped at the border control. I'm going to need Johnny Jennings help in the hardest thing he's ever done. I'm ready. John Doe turns and he's like, highwayman. Yeah. I need you to be the angriest, most exasperated American physics professor you've ever been. Uh, Johnny like just drops the, just like where just like pulls off his duster and his hat and then like puts his bandana down, stuffs it into like a pocket. And all of a sudden he does look just with like some quick costume adjustments does look just, he's wearing like a tweed suit jacket. Uh, with elbow patches, pulls out a pair of like glasses, like just regular spectacles and puts them on. Must, makes his hair just look a little bit, uh, a little bit sort of uh, crazy. And he's like, yeah, all right. As we're getting ready to get up, you're going to convince this guy to just let us through because the field trip's gone awry. I'm going to play the part of the harangued bus driver. Hey, everybody else in the back. Look awkwardly. either look embarrassed or ashamed. I think Berserk here's in and then the, it's also in their disguise that they used at the school. <laughs> so 
That's when you notice that there are three more people on the bus that should not be there. And you recognize one of them. It was he, she, you. And the other two, you have the vague recollection of seeing them around the parents, on around the interview and the ceremony. Cannot believe that's the better thing that you could have thought about. Cannot believe you pulled this off so well, says one of them. Who are you three and what are you doing on my bus? I'm half a young and I'm running this operation to rescue Liz Kleis. They are Chinese. Okay. Wait, so they are on our side or they're... Okay, okay. So they're, they're homies. Homies of convenience. Well, come on, let's all get in on the act. Uh, they have not stopped. We are taking them with us. Right now. This class and the rest, we are taking them to China. Right now? Yes, right now. We have our ways to escape and extract them. Also, we're going to take out these two. And the other one, that she, she's a woman that is, she has a long sniper rifle and a bunch of knives, points two knives towards Ugin and Mungin. They have taken way, way too many of our friends. So here's the deal. You can try that. We can have a huge fight, uh, blow this bus up, uh, undoubtedly attract the attention of every local super team in the most divided country in the world. A couple, a couple of us will probably get killed on both sides, and that'll be a huge mess. We can get past this checkpoint and talk about this like civilized adults instead of you trying to teleport people. We just risked our lives to rescue off the bus. Which one would you prefer? Honestly, it's truly astounding that people keep just like stepping to us. No, surely I will be the one who actually who just does whatever, who just pulls things off. Like, let's no, let's just have a conversation. Mm hmm. Please. See, the thing is, your idea about the checkpoint is an awful one. Thank you. We did not actually ask for literally any input, but sure. <laughs> I respect the fact that you felt the need to tell us. Uh, you didn't offer to teleport the rest of us. Yeah, but actually, it's going to make our own extraction harder. That sounds like a you problem. Uh, uh, oh, uh, so why don't you extract all of us? and We talk about this like civilized people. Or else I'll just ruin the extraction for everyone and swerve off the road. Yeah, and uh, Heshizio turns around. That's actually not a bad idea. So who wants, wants to roll maybe that, uh, hey, how about we go out together to China and we solve this then? Who wants maybe to create some boosts first? I feel like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I was about to say, I... I I'll, I'll create some boosts. I, I feel like I have sort of been uh, antagonistic to this conversation, so. so... So do I, but... Well, I think Void has been working a boost because she actually has been friendly with Shizu. Probably should she rolled like shit because, uh, again, for Liz Clash, she got to 10 and Liz Clash hated her. She sees you as her friend and she got to one. So she's going to give you a plus one boost and I'm going to call it. This is because you did not give her club. Goblin. <laughs> I will roll the big roll because I'll use my principal of the team because I am. It's hard to kidnap me. Um, but this is a regular boost creation, not an overcome, right? 
Right. I'll roll the overcome, right? Also, uh, also uh, Aurora, because this is... Uh, wait, what do I want does not matter into this? Uh, so that's a boost and also going to be shitty roll plus one. Yeah, she's really tired. Um, okay, I'll create a boost. Okay, uh, I got a three. Okay, so that's a plus one. So that's three plus ones. Berserker, you're not doing anything on this? I mean, you're the one... I... They're confused. I'm confused. What is going on? Okay, so the assassins that are against the priests, they turns out they were running literally the same operation as you. But we got here first. HSU uh, was the equivalent Chinese of uh, of Voidwalker. Hefei Yang was the and uh, Hao King Yun. They were the, the equivalent of the three of you. And Basically, they are not saying, now we want to take the people. Mm-hmm. We actually have a plan to escape Japan, and you're going to fuck up this odd, with this half asset plan. Okay, so uh, I got a half-ass plan. The two preset, like, I could, could the three of the targets, like, declare themselves, like, ask for sanctuary from my currently independent of everything country? Yeah, that could be a good plan. Uh, you could just claim that they are under the protection of your people. Yeah. Yeah. And create a boost appropriate to that. All right. That's a five. That's a plus two. Yeah. So that's a total of four, a plus four boosts. John Doe is going to turn around to the seat and look, we're from system four. Our countries are at least friendly. Do you really want to cause an international incident, not just with System 4, because it wouldn't just be with System 4, but with all four countries that have split up Japan and System 4, and now with my friend Yokim's magic people, when we could just work this out like civilized people? I'm so tired of having to punch my way through things and lie. Can't we, at least people who are supposed to be on the same freaking side talk about this like rational sane honest adults that's all i want and i think that's what you want and i think this cloak and dagger bullshit is wearing on all of us so why don't we just do that and find a fucking middle ground i am now going to roll the principal of the team uh i got a 14 yeah and they seem to talk with each other in chinese and they seem to, yeah, you're right. We just, so we have an overcraft hidden nearby. Gonna get there. Gonna travel to one of the islands that it's technically British territory, but there are no patrols that pass there. And we're gonna wait there and review, wait, our own friends. I hope you like camping because we might be there for a few days. All right, that's fine. We're going to call our people and let them know where we are. We're all going to be honest with each other. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm John Doe. Uh, I'm Joachim. Hey, this, do you have cover this time? No, but I can make some when we get to the island.
soon as we've all introduced each other, we're like, oh, by the way, Voids, I'm really sorry. I killed Prince. You son of a... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I was there. I saw him do it. (laughs) Here's his patch from his jacket. I took that for you. Kill Steel! Do you want his patch or not? I guess. If you want, we'll tell everyone it was you. Oh, yes, please. I suplexed him to death. If you ever find yourself wandering the streets of Santiago in the year 70X, perhaps you can join us for lunch at the Little Expat Restaurant, known as the Cuisiner's Sun Frontiers. For lunch, and the the grease on the air is already coming from outside before you even step in into the diner. So, it's take your seat alongside your three guests, and who have you picked this time? You want me to go, Sam? You can each of you do one. There are three. I'll I can at least uh, pop off the first one, uh, the obvious one. We. I had to pick Voidwalker. She was literally central to the plot of this arc. She she deserves a chance to come to lunch. Yeah. And we also picked Aurora for... Lee Glice. Because I, I don't remember why. Berserkers <laughs> <laughs> doing doing all right. Oh yeah, they're doing they're doing great. They got they got the smell of meat, fried food. Yeah, they're having a great time. Finally, good food. <laughs> Nothing of this weird over French stuff. Um, so the other people we picked are uh, it's Aurora, Liz Clays, uh, because she was kind of point of why we were there. But also, uh, just we picked, uh, I hate that this is the truth. Uh, we picked Albie Poole because realistically, she was the most active antagonist throughout the entire thing, <laughs> even though she was mostly antagonistic to my beloved husband in the game of moms oh and uh and also uh there's also someone else there and his name is enrique and i'm really excited about what he brings to the table so more important than enrique impossible cannot be done there's no such thing he's just the most important person who comes to meet you who has the teaching and slash waiting her codes position today at the cuisinier sound frontiers uh, her name is, uh, everyone calls her Marie Mouse Spider. She is an Australian woman who uh, works there as a pitmaster uh, slash just kind of general expert on the grilling and smoking of meats. Uh, roti- did you say rotissier? Is that the other? Uh, rotissier, yeah. Yeah, um, kind of her other her other job title there. Um, yeah, just very good at at long cooks of meat slash also throwing things on a grill uh today's featured stuff is uh burgers and 
I'm going to lock in some regionality here. You said ribs. So, oh, well, then I'm going to give it to my hometown. Uh, Memphis-style barbecue ribs. Um, that's kind of the main thing they're doing today. Um, with, uh, you know, with uh, all of the all of the various accoutrements that is supposed to go with those delicious items. Now, we need to we do need to codify what the soup is today because I have a feeling it's going to come up. Yeah, you have to have the soup. Chili. Chili. Chili soup? See, is chili a... Is, yeah, is chili a soup? Not a soup. Chili's a chili. Chili's I a will chili. go down on this hill fighting. Chili is a soup. It is. I okay. would argue it's a. I okay. would argue a, it's a chili to a soup. soup. If chili is a chili. soup, then coffee is a soup. I'm no. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> chili is a tomato soup. I I go down because on restaurants is listed under the soup section. I will fight all of you. <laughs> I would argue it's a, it's closer to a stew. Yes, but it can be served as a soup. They don't have a stew menu unless they. Well, they don't have a stew menu today. No, I I, I totally agree. It's got to be chili, but chili is not a soup. It's a chili. It's a real. This is the conversation that we are having in fiction. We are having this conversation at the table. It's just, is this a soup? Yes. Y- yeah. Because because yeah because that's the thing. There is chili there. And the conversation that everyone is having is, is this a soup? So I need to know where everyone stands, where every character stands on this. Perfect. Excellent. Well, let's just hop in right there. Listen, I'm just saying it's not it's not a soup. And I like it's closer to a stew. And honestly, it's chili. It's separate. It's its own sort of like that's a it's it's a it is an entire food group in and of itself. It's not whether or not I just got to say that. That's great. Let me pick that on my teacher's day. It's not whether or not it's a soup by virtue of the ingredients. It's whether or not you consider it a soup culinarily, Highwayman. It is a soup. I, just, I, I mean, like, if, if we're going to have that conversation, like, so the, culinarily, I don't consider it a soup. I consider it, just, I consider it at, at, at closest a stew, which is a. You go into a diner, you pick up the menu, you open it. Where is chili going to be? Listen, just because people can put this like I can write down, I can write a menu. I can go to a typewriter and type up something that says this is a menu on top. And I can put and I can put grilled cheese sandwiches under the soup section if I felt like it. But in every diner, if we had voids teleport in a thousand menus from a thousand places that serve chili, it, they'd all be under the soup. Johnny turns to Void Walker and he's like, listen, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> yes. I need you to. How quickly can you teleport to many diners across uh, across America? I mean, uh, depends how much you want to alert national security. Actually, so that amount actually is zero. I don't want to at all. So let's just not. Never mind. But but this is (sighs) whatever. It's fine. You can listen. You can be wrong. That's okay. You're wrong. It's it's not soup. It's a stew. That's thank you. It's cl- it is, is it, uh, like I still think it's actually a step further. It's just chili. Chili is its own, so, but it's much closer to a stew than it is a soup. Aurora is very confused. I never had chili before. You've never had chili before. Well, you're getting. Oh, it's delicious. No. You're gonna love it. It's it's really really good. Disregard. Are you sure it sounds extremely filling, especially if you're gonna go for meat? I swear. Listen, this is a meat centric. You're gonna have a meat centric meal right now. Andre- it Andrique. is going to be very filling. Enrique, is chili a soup? Sure. 
Okay, I got some. <laughs> Listen, you can't bring Enrique's opinion into this, okay? He's going to say, he's going to say, yes, whatever is free is a suit. That's just going to be his through line. If you if you tell him that's through it, or like, if you tell him that the soup is free and that this is what's free today, he's going to be like, yeah, for sure, that's a soup. Again, you could give this man a pizza and say the soup of the day is pizza because it's free. And he'll be like, this is my favorite soup. Chicago style. Um, Alvi Paul puts down her cup of tea. She leaves a soup. You're making me reconsider my opinion. <laughs> actually, hey, thank you for that, Alvi. That that, that's actually very helpful for my argument. I really appreciate that. I mean, it's, it, it's called not pea, a more British soup, if it was British. I was actually going to say, do they have chili in, in, or like a chili equivalent in, in Britain? Yeah. I mean, I guess they have shepherd's pie, sort of. Yeah. Which people consider it a pie, despite there's no reason for it to be a pie. So chili will be a soup, even if there is no reason to. Yeah. Now, hang on. I have actually specifically like seen in British cookbooks that the filling of a shepherd's pie is referred to as a stew. If they are the same thing, then chili is by extension a stew. It's a transitive property. I'm a, I'm a professor. It's like, I know what I'm talking about. You're correct. But the thing is, chili is a soup that includes as an ingredient a stew. Everything you said was repugnant to me just now. An equally important debate because I know that they're serving cornbread. Do you like your cornbread with the corn kernels in it or not? Are you asking me? I'm asking everyone. I, I honestly, uh, I like both. Just like I, I like it, I like it with it. I like it without it. Just like bo- both are both are good. They have their merits. I hate corn normally. Yeah, you can see from the girls that they are like, yeah, we don't have opinions. No. This is really important. Mm-hmm. I hate corn normally, but it belongs in cornbread. I see. Like I really do enjoy it when it comes with like actual corn kernels in there. It feels like you know, it's just like mm, this is nice, sort of connected thing. But like I would also say that like the version without it when it's like a fully smooth uh like sort of bread eating experience the whole way through that's also pretty tasty i don't they are both cornbread but i still see them as separate does that make sense spoon bread absolutely yeah yeah kind of but also uh alby void walker liz it's nice to have you all here yeah it's nice to Go for dinner for once, not having to cook. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Healthy. Lars. Even if uh, I have not eaten this much meat on a while, back when I was single, that's true. And Aurora is making a force of smiles. She's not a fan of meat. Void is just, she's, a, she's already emptied two bowls of, uh, of chili. Void seems to be starving. Don't worry, they're not going to take it from you. Rules. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Just, are you are, like are you are you eating all right at home or? I don't. I don't have a kitchen. You don't have a kitchen? No, there's so many places to eat. Uh, on one hand, so much. Like, come on. How do you not have a kitchen? Do you have a Do you have a refrigerator? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. That. that what happened? Hold on. You live in one of the housing co- They all come. What happened to your kitchen? I don't have an apartment like you. I have a unit. Oh. I'm only 16, you know. Fair enough. 
I don't know. I thought you were like emancipated or something. Well, kind of, but still, you know, I'm supposed to be in the care of the state for unintended purpose. And the other is like, huh, am I in the care of the state too? Because my place is kitchen. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, you know. Well, you are 17. So. Yeah. Aurora might be, I mean, you control like terrifying energy already. I think they could trust you with a, with a stove. Yeah. 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 What damage can you do with the stove that uh, you cannot do with uh, a nuclear fusion? I mean, like, listen, it's a fair point. I will say this. I still think it should be kind of important to just have a kitchen. I think it's less likely that the nuclear fusion part is just going to go off. So, like, you know, I would just say be careful around, you know, just sort of crossing those streams anyways. Yeah, also, I agree with your parents on this. And uh, honestly, Void Walker, I think you are missing on an excellent opportunity. Cooking is a very fulfilling thing. It's it's probably one of the simplest yet more complex ways that you can show care labor for someone. Yeah. You can ask your dad that. I'm sure he can tell you all about it. Yeah, you could at least get a hot pot or hot plate or something. Maybe a pressure cooker. Yeah, if you want to do something for someone, yeah. You're missing on a big opportunity to show how much you care for someone with cooking for them because you don't have anything to cook on. I, I also just, I want to just throw this out there uh, as someone who does not routinely cook for other people, but still routinely cooks. Uh, it's also just fun after like just getting good at it. Like, you know, I mean, like because like, you know, we all have our uh, gifts as they are, uh, you know, some abilities beyond sort of what is typical for humans. And uh, we all think that those things are pretty fascinating. I got to say, just Things like just regular working with your hands type, you know, getting good at something like that. That's also just, it's fun. So there is that. I mean, I can make an, I I can beat eggs to make a cake with my bare hands. That's pretty cool. Uh, Also, is this why you never wanted to have game night at your house? What are you talking about? We had game night at, oh, right. You're not invited to that one. And yeah, that's why. I was just thought it was because you didn't keep a clean house. I clean the ah, ah. All right. I'm sorry. What? All right. All right. Let's not. Let's not. Just, Look, you I, are a teenager. It's not that unusual. Like, just teenagers are messy. And I've seen your desk. I've seen your desk. What are you talking about? My desk is impeccable. Everything that is there is meant to be like that. That doesn't make it impeccable. Just yes, it does. Because you know where everything is, and just to be, just be, that doesn't make it impeccable. Those are different concepts. All right, it's just like when you have a sixteen deep stack of folders that is like sort of like, and then there's a coffee cup on top of the folders. That's not impeccable. That I mean, like it may be understandable, but those are different ideas. Berserker gets me right. You get me. Berserk, you had to kill the horrifying monster that exploded out of that old yogurt container you had there. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That that, that thing, did, that smell did not leave my nostrils for uh, like a week. He had to dry clean his mat. Uh, they had to dry clean their magic axe. Yeah, I forgot to ask about that. Did the dry cleaning people ever, were they like, how did they handle it? Were they okay about it? 
they pointed me to like uh, they they pointed me to a metalworking shop, like, and then like the metalworking shop pointed me to this blacksmith that was up in uh, up north, and that that's where I got it cleaned. All right. Well, as long as it worked out. Oh, I usually uh, I keep my weapons clean with uh, with lemon juice. I'll be pull suggests lemon juice. Lemon juice. I mean that makes sense. It's got a high acid content and and it's usually uh, I found that muriatic acid can be pretty damaging, especially for older weapons. Honestly, I was like, it's it's I I gotta it's you know what? Never mind. I'm not even gonna what. We've just gotten a lot of we've gotten a lot of very good home tips uh, from you all so far. And honestly, like it's it is frustratingly endearing. Yes, uh, I, I find that the, the spawn of Jormungandr is often a good source of acid for weapons, but that they're not as po- populous down here. Oh, no, you cannot find one of those in the well on the southern hemisphere. Yes. Yeah. Despite it being called the world sermon, it's not all over the world. Johnny leans over to while this while that particular section of the conversation is happening. Johnny leans over to John and just says, "Do you know what are they talking about?" Uh, a guy I met near uh, near Bay City with the hippie screams told me that he could see the spawn of terrifying monster serpents. He might have been right. Hmm. So this is it. Okay, that's troubling. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Ah, uh, I miss my monster slaying days sometimes. It was the last thing, time that you fought anything big. You know, uh, big, big house size, big house size. Um, that fish that, uh, yes. Oh my God. I knew you were going to bring up the fish. Yeah, there was the fish. That was, that was pretty, that was a big fish. Yeah. Yeah. They keep making up these stories about these big fish. White Walker intervenes. Yeah, they keep talking about this huge fish. Hey, hey, hold on a second. No, hang on. Time out. By the way, uh, big news for everybody. I found my camera from that trip. All right. I found it. It was in a bag. Now, I will say this. It is pretty horrifically waterlogged. It's very badly damaged from the whole thing. But I, I'm sure there's some way to restore. We're going to get that. We're going to get that. We're, we're going to get those pictures off of that film reel. And all y'all are going to I'm going to we're going to show y'all. All right. This is like the time you and Enrique. I'm telling you, this is the exact same time you and Enrique found the lost civilization under the sea. You had some old bricks and you maintained. Look, I'm now. Now, hold on. Now, two, now, just one one quick assertion. This is you say it's like the time that Enrique and I did that. Enrique and I were fishing together, and Enrique says that we found a lost civilization. I say we found some cool old bricks. They could be from some older, some older civil like civilization or settlement here. But that's all. I, I literally said it was just speculation. Enrique, what are you talking about? You are literally friends with someone from the lost civilization. That. Bricks don't spontaneously appear on the ocean. Well, I mean, you're, I, you are correct about that, but that doesn't necessarily like. Just because I know someone from one lost civilization doesn't mean that a second lost civilization is also right there. It's not a straight one to one. Is all I'm saying. So yeah, they're gonna show you some pictures of this big fish. And the Aurora frowns. I mean, I, I think, a, I think a lost civilization is more credible than 
big fish monster. You do? Yeah. I mean, we've got confirmation Why? at least one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't I, bring back anything to confirm the existence of a giant fish monster. Yeah, well, there's Arcadia sitting here with Tez. I think Johnny is just sitting there. Like, he has, like, a cup of, uh, just, like, a cup of coffee, like, raised, like, he ha- like elbow resting on the table, raised, like, halfway to his mouth. His mouth is just kind of hanging open. He's just like, I'm learning a lot about the people at this table today and what they find believable. And it's, honestly, it's a little, it's a little worrying, but you know what? Fair is fair. I guess I don't have a, a previous giant fish that we brought back. So, you know. So, yeah, you find the fact that uh, you fought a giant kaiju, which I probably should have mentioned because that was the last thing, big thing I fought. But I don't really consider her a monster. That She was just more like a young girl out of control. But you believe... So a monster. Yeah, it's... Sorry. All right, there's there's no reason to be rude now. It's like... <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I'm a small girl. I go out of control sometimes. Well, we all do. We all do. You are also not a monster. You're a little. You're just a little. You're. You're. You got. A, you got. You have a little bit of sort of a uh, uh, sort of a chaotic energy sometimes. But I wouldn't go so far as to say monster. Anyways, I'm. So, we're getting off track. Uh, yeah, we we fight strange things. We we. I mean, just last week in. Well, was it last week or last month? I don't remember. I don't want to remember, but we fought interdimensional monster from uh, a Morgan. It was a Morgana, a, a, a literal uh, the Morrigan. But the Morrigan, and you've you fought. We fought the Morrigan from another dimension, another England, from another parallel universe. But yet, you don't believe in a giant fish. By all accounts, a literal god. I fought that with my own two fists. I saw it person to person. All I've got now, look, I'm going to ask the question. I asked when you guys told me the story the first time. How many beers did you have? Two. I keep saying the same number. It's still two. Johnny Jennings. I know in my heart. I, I get it. I've been fishing. And you always say when you get in trouble, I had two beers at lunch and there's no way you only had two beers at lunch. Well, no, they weren't. At, they weren't at lunch. They were just in the boat. Yeah, and Enrique is signaling behind you. He's signaling. No, it was not two years. <laughs> I, it is, I, truly, I, first of all, Bezakir is making a great point. It is absolutely wild to me that you are ruling literally any possibility out after the things that we have seen. Why is the, the fact the fish is what's unbelievable is astounding to me we have fought just a just a a endlessly self-replicating alien tyrant from outer space multiple superheroes the world's most annoying spy uh, a bear man did we fight the bear man sadly no no i really thought he was going to when i was rude to him remove his glasses and fight me that's what okay we still met a bear man uh, a literal god, a kaiju, and another person that we fought recently who I will not be naming, uh, just due to sort of... Uh, Britlander. Sure. I, I'm just saying, there's a lot of sort of things that... Oh, and also a, a, a porpoise in a mech suit. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, also, Henry Kissinger, from what I got from the newspapers. Oh, yeah, and Henry Kissinger. Uh, but you see, here's the thing. I believe all of those things... 
I'm not done with him yet. Because they're real. I've seen them. You two came back. Oh, look at this big fish we caught. Uh, I'm just saying, if you brought back like a fin or a whisker or like a good picture. All right, cool. There's a big fish lurking in the rivers. But like, well, I fought a lot of big fish and I can tell you there's always bigger, some bigger fish monster out there. Why is it so hard to believe? I'll be Paul waves of both of them and why won't both of them be lying because on his various fishing trips johnny jennings has claimed to discover a downed uh u.s rocket ship bigfoot which i know is not true because i've met bigfoot <laughs> okay the bigfoot that was this, the bigfoot thing was a joke uh sure uh you, the rocket ship was real you didn't expect me to call him and put him on the phone um yeah, the rocket ship was real because I put it there. Says Waldo Alter. Boom! <laughs> That's right. There it is, baby. I didn't know that part, but like now that I know how I got there, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. I'm having a great day now. Uh, that doesn't account for the two supposed Monets you found doing it. Uh, the suit of armor. No, 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 no. Manets, not Monets. Oh, you really need to work on your phone diction. That's hurtful but fair look i'm just saying there's been some fish stories you know oh and at one point he claims to have figured out a way to run the car the uh the boat without gas i i doesn't he transmute stuff i did do that i did without transmute without transmuting he specified without transmuting something into gas because that was my joke was like and uh, i already says i also do that my parents taught me how to sail John, I can take you to the boat. It currently runs without gas. I have, I figured, like, I have all of the lab, like, all of the lab notes on how I do that. Like, I can show you this right now. Hold Again, two people here know how to sail a boat without gas. It's not that extraordinary. Oh no, no, I'm using it's alternative fuel. Um, it's not a, it's not, it's not gas. It's, uh, it's not sailing either. Although I do know how to sail. I mean, I know uh, Aurora. You know how to sail. That's super cool. I didn't learn. I never learned how to sail. I ought to teach you. Oh, I can teach you. It's fun. Messer uh, is probably better for it. Honestly, maybe I'm afraid of the water. I mean, I'm not, but I could be. It seems like sort of a weird eventuality to bring up if you then immediately refute that you are. I don't know. But when so your parents taught you to sail, that's pretty neat. I actually do think that's cool. Like, I mean, no offense. Berserk here, you're from a sailing culture. If you didn't know how to sail, I'd be like, oh, are you the only are you the one guy? Uh Rude. There's actually a lot of people who don't know how to sail. Uh, like yeah, you, you they know how to run a boat. Fair. But to actually sail is, is you need a select few for that. Um and I mean I I met John when I met Johnny, he knew how to sail. That's not, you know, it's I've accepted these knowledge facts about them. But Aurora, you didn't seem the sailing type. What do you mean? I don't know. You just know you you got the power to fly and shoot laser beams. Most of those people don't like to sail. Yeah, but my parents. Yeah, it's true. They were also like that. They were also superheroes, but I don't know, maybe it was a Belgian thing. Yeah, you know, people of her their class, they are kinda of expected to have these on the kind of hobbies and uh, they taught me from early age how to say oh see i've never been to belgium one of the few countries i haven't been to that i know of Uh, (laughs) i might have been there but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's too much into the European uh, sphere. Things will not go very well. Look, you can say it. I've got friends all over Europe and the Americas, and they make travel very interesting. Right, Johnny? Uh, yeah. What? I was sorry. I was zoning out uh, because and Johnny points in as, at that moment uh, uh, a tray of just just perfect hamburgers is are like the platonic ideal of perfect hamburgers are being brought over to the table and set down in front of everyone. Uh, so uh, I don't uh, we can we can sort of round robin on this one. I just, Johnny is a cheeseburger man uh, enjoys enjoys just a nice slice of just straight up regular American cheese, uh, but on top of both patties. Uh, uh, do you like onions in your patty mix? This is John Doe asking. I don't like them in the patty mix. I like them. Uh, I like them diced uh, and uh, like sort of grilled slightly, but then uh, just sort of diced and put over the top. You see, you got to have the double cheeseburger, Johnny. You and I can agree on that. But with the caramelized onions on top and a nice cheddar. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, like I, I agree with you that that is also a good way to make a burger as far as like the classic burger goes. This is kind of how I prefer it. But like, but, you know, uh, you're still you're still on the money as far as things that are delicious. Do your parents be care like this all the time? All we ask for it. Oh, no. Just when, uh, you know, when it's going to keep people starving because we are just looking at the Jesse burgers while they go at it. No one's stopping you from eating. We're just having a conversation. Void, do you want mustard on your burger or not? Nah, but I want extra onions. There you go. Aurora, how will you take your burger? Uh, can I have with some sliced mushrooms? That's another one of my favorites. Oh, delightful. I'm also I, I do also I like I like a, a burger with good mushrooms on it. I'm just, you know, just full respect on that one. It's great. And Albie. Huh. So I'm going to ask three patties, extra bacon, two slices of cheddar, and you can cut on the salad. OK, surprisingly, the surprisingly excellent burger order. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Johnny picks it. Oh, also, I want a toothpick through it and put a tiny toothpick over the, the other toothpicks. It looks like a little sword. Of course. That's, that's uh, honestly visually but Joachim just Joachim just has a big stick of like uh, mutton on a bun. <laughs> it's so greasy. Yeah, I think we also have like a like a like a rack of ribs uh, that's just kind of served for the table. Uh, because I imagine with the burger, we're not going to need an individual order of ribs for each of us. Although I don't know, so, as Void Walker does have a terrifying appetite. Uh, also, I have decided because this is how this usually goes for Enrique's burger. Uh, it's just a burger with pretty much everything on it that there is. It for as far as burger topping options, uh, three patties. Uh, and actually, and actually, a, like one, another one of the bottom buns in the middle of it, uh, sort of Big Mac style, and it just gets served to him without him. Which, like, whether or not he says, like, he did not order that for himself. I just ordered it for him, and it just gets set down in front of him. But Johnny's just like, as this burger gets set down in front of Enrique, he is just staring daggers at him, just like daring him to say anything about it. Yeah, he complains. Wait, this is so dry. There's hardly any mayonnaise on this. 
There's mayonnaise on the table. All right. It is in front of you. Right, right. I could not see it in front because of the tower of chili balls. Just Johnny just like, just I think just wordlessly, like, I think just like goes around the table and just buses all of the like empty bowls of chili, which is like a normal amount for pretty much everybody. A couple of them for Voidwalker and four of them for Enrique. And it just buses them all and walks them like while still staring at Enrique over to a bus tub uh, that is over next to the next to the trash cans because it is kind of a like it's it's a bus your own table kind of place. Um, and he like sets it all down. He's like, there you go, buddy. <laughs> he has this sort of like this sort of this this very this kind of terrifying smile on his face. <laughs> and he's like, how's your burger? Pretty good. I'm not ordered like this, but pretty good. How Johnny is surprisingly contented by that response. Fair enough. You know what? I'm not going to. I might bring half of it home, however. What? Why? I don't know. Save it for later. I already ate so much chili and fries. I mean, it's not going to. It's just going to be soggy and kind of. It won't. Cu- it won't reheat well. Yeah, not at all. And I can help with that. Please do not use nuclear fusion to cook to just to reheat Enrique's bread. It's not worth it. I promise. Do, do it. Do it. Do it. Don't, don't, don't listen. No, I want to see it. No, it's it's super not worth it. So there is this girl back in the conservatory. Oh, yeah. That she says that I should use nuclear fusion to heat kettles. Oh, yeah. Drax says that all the time. It, it, uh, oh, boy, there was a lot to unpack in that sentence. You know what? I actually don't feel the need to. You know what? Uh, first of all, she's not right. You shouldn't do that. It's nuclear fusion. It just that like just wi- the most wildly dangerous thing that you could potentially do. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm just saying that the potential other consequences would be far and away the least worth it thing i on the other hand uh think that rules you should do it immediately and i want to see the results please not inside of the restaurant absolutely not we have like no no we we should set up a space for this yeah like in literal space that would actually be okay that's the one place where i would say this is fine just that only in space on the planet of earth not wild about it and you can hear all people laughing. Uh, it's a pity that you had to, you know, be all obsessed with lies and spy work. Because if we had met like this, I guess we could have been friends. Physically pains me to say it, but like so far that it it seems like that is possible. And I'm really struggling with that particular sort of realization. More importantly, and John Doe just like looks at Albion, the hardest look we see John Doe give ever, anyone. Burger in hands, mid bite. I have to know something important, Albie. What did you put in your in your brownies? What went into them? I have to know. Why? Because they were so good, and I spent hours rep trying to replicate the recipe. So tell me, what fat do you use as a binding agent? Butter. See, that was your problem. You needed to use lard. Lard. 
Yeah, I know. You will think that it will make it savory, but not if you are careful and does it properly. John Doe has to resist the urge to crush the cheeseburger as he realizes it. Then he just... Thank you, Abby. The secret to the cobbler? Soak the cherries beforehand. I mean, what? Well, for the recipe we did there, I think it was molasses. Soak them, prick them, and soak them in molasses. So how is... Uh... I have a man eating his burger because everyone is holding it in their hands. Uh, Void Walker held it the wrong way on the sides. So there's a lot of caramelized onions all in front of her. Johnny is eating his burger by picking it up with his hands uh, carefully on both sides to make sure that uh, the, the bites stay consistent is that you get a piece of all of the ingredients in every bite uh, and biting into it. And there is some, there is, you know, some dripping going on, but it's dripping directly onto a plate because he is leaning over his plate like a reasonable person. Uh, and then uh, every couple bites or so, he puts the burger down, uh, not necessarily in the drippings, but not worried too much about whether they are, uh, you know, getting in there and uh, dabs his face clean with a napkin uh, and, you know, just like wipes his hands a little bit before he picks up his. Uh, picks up. He's actually just having a regular Coca-Cola, which I guess we can't say on this show, because that's a brand. A regular Boca-Cola. A regular generic American cola soda. You know the one. Can you get them even despite the embargo? Ooh, probably not. It's probably a local soda. That would actually be fine, as long as it's a, as long as it's an ice-cold soda. Brown. John Doe is having a, a beer with his uh, something cheap out of the bottle. And he looks over and he's like, you know, Highwayman, this is the weird thing. The fact you're eating that burger like a normal person is freakier to me than if you had continued the weird tread. This feels more unnatural to me. So I would like I would love for you to list off other things that I have eaten in ways that are in any way unusual. I eat everything the way it's supposed to be eaten. Well, first of all, there's the ice cream, which you ate out of the cone with a spoon. Second. Okay, fair. I, I, I will give that one to you. Second. And while I don't think this is weird, because you're going to be like, well, John, you were doing it too. Um, the time we ate baked potatoes like apples. When did we do that? About a year ago on that island in the Maldives. <laughs> we cooked them on the campfire. John, I don't want to alarm you. I have never been to the Maldives. We were in the... Well, I think you were, and I just don't think you remember. In fact, the reason that it's... Do we need to go over the mission logs? We need... Uh, in On specifically the, this one in great detail. That's... I'm extremely concerned suddenly. Uh, we'll figure that out later. John, Johnny eats a slice of cheddar cheese on his apple pie. John then immediately starts cramming food in his mouth after revealing that. I mean, it it's just a nice combination of like tangy and savory and sharp and sweet. And it's just like there's a lot of different flavors you can have there. Also, just out of character. Brad, I can't believe you would do this to me. I am. I am a fucking consummate professional. <laughs> I am going to say yes when you say things like this because I am a good improviser. But how fucking dare you <laughs> that's vile that's repugnant hold on but it makes perfect sense for johnny for where johnny jennings has grown up like yeah you're not wrong 
I'd argue that based on the materialism of the situation, that was the most accurate John Doe could have been. That's, I mean, I'm not, it's just, hmm. How dare you use theory to create this? I'm, I'm, I feel personally insulted and I feel this, this, I, how, how could you do this to me? How could you, how could you do this to my boy? Listen, I, I, I realize that the cheddar cheese apple pie thing is not for everybody. I, I, I get it. It's fine to each their own on that one. I, I don't always, sometimes I just eat it with like ice cream, like, you know, just, just regular vanilla ice cream. But like sometimes, you know, it's an intro. It's just a nice, a nice sort of contrasting combination. It's interesting. Uh, turn around and you feel weight on your shoulders and you see both Void Walker and Aurora patting you. They're there. I am not comfortable with the physical contact that is happening to me right now. Sorry. That's that's okay. It was just I was very it was very I felt very vulnerable in that moment. Um, what about you two? All right, we're we're all coming. Let's all come clear with our food crimes. I genuinely think that one of the best things you can make when you're hungry late at night is you caramelize some onions and then put them between. You put them in a grilled cheese. You make a French onion soup as a sandwich. That is not a food crime. That is that is absolutely delightful. That's a, that's delicious. We are agreed on this. You are correct. This, like that is one of the best. That's phenomenal. This is in character as John John Doe's now looking expectantly at everyone else. Void Walker looks down. I like at three a.m. I kind of suck ketchup out of the pot. I'm terrified of you. <laughs> We are going to, we are, listen, you listen to me. You listen to me now. (laughs) I am coming to your house and I am going to remodel a section of it and I'm going to turn it into a kitchen and we are going to have weekly cooking lessons and it is not negotiable. I am going to make this a condition of, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how all of this works. I am going to make this a condition of your continued employment with System 4. I'm going to figure out how. All right. We just, you, I, I can't, it's listen, you can't just be drinking ketchup out of a bottle. Hold on. We absolve you of your food crime, Aurora. Uh, honestly, it's muscles. I just love them. Muscles with garlic sauce and a big pile of fries. Whenever I'm feeling down, this is really what I want. I mean, and I really don't like shellfish that much. I'm going to be honest. It's some, people feel very different ways about this sort of thing. I still do have a deeply affectionate soft spot for uh, just blue box mac and cheese with hot dogs in it. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Now, Alby, come on. What is it? So have you ever had just Scottish fried chicken? No. What? It is. Yeah. The way that they fry the chicken, it's so good. Like a whole ass fried rotisserie chicken. When you are like filling down, you just get it on a bucket and just attack it and destroy it with your hands. It's- Can you walk me through the process of how this works? Because honestly, this doesn't, this sounds, I'm intrigued. You get a rotisserie chicken, you debone it and you fry it. Do you bread it first or you just, or you just fry it as, as is? I usually bread it. That's usually you bread it with different mixes. That's how you get different ones. That sounds fantastic. 
I will be trying this. This is, I mean, it's, it, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. That's a little unusual, but I, yeah, that is worth, that is worth a try. Deep fry or pan fry? Uh, deep fry. Okay. I'm sold. Yeah. I'll try this. Yeah. Everyone looks at me weird when I ordered it. So, Hey, listen, in, in, in the Cousinaire Sans Frontières, like you could, you all manner of things are served here. We've tried a lot of stuff that, that sounds pretty compelling. I'm going to be very honest about that. Yeah. All right. We'll leave, we'll leave the, the infamous Berserk here for last. But, Enrique, what is it? Please, ha, mm, I just need you to brace yourself before he says this. I mean, so, you grab a ball of, you look for all the old bread that you have, you put it on a big bowl. Johnny is just gripping the sides of the table, like just like like white knuckle. You pour some wine, you leave it overnight, and in the morning you season with honey and call it a breakfast. That's the best pick up that you can have after a hard night on the bed. I've seen him do this. Enrique, unless uh, Joachim comes back with something real wild, I think you win. It's awful. Worse than the ketchup? Yeah, that sounds worse than sustroming, and that was my food crime. I, I do enjoy sustroming. Wait, sustroming? What? What is? Being kind of embarrassed and knowing that they usually have to go to a isolated area to eat it. Sustroming has one of the most putrid food smells in the world, even stronger than similarly fermented fish dishes such as the Korean hangyo uh, or the Japanese kusaya. It is literally the worst smelling food on... It's, the, it's considered the worst smelling edible substance. Do you want to consider it food? That's... Okay. Yokim wins. Sorry, Enrique. Close third. Yeah, I mean, that... Yeah, it was much, That was a... This, honestly, I... Yeah, my food. Yeah, the bread is old. It's not rotting. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, after after all of that, I really I can genuinely only think of one antidote to uh, a sort of to, to cleanse us all of 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 the 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 violent sins that we have all just uh, borne witness to. And Johnny gets up and uh, walks away from the table, leans into the back like he does. Clearly, like has. Uh, a few words with someone and then comes out uh, clutching a bottle of straight vodka. It is just vodka. It is extremely Russian vodka. It is cheap. It is. So it is vodka. That was my question. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like this is not good shit. He's like, we're going to take a little bit of this and then I'll bring out the nicer thing. Yeah. You can see the teenagers looking at that expectantly. No. No. What's legal drinking age in Chile at this time? I don't know. I know it. I mean, I don't know about the legal drinking age, but I do know about the common sense drinking age, and they aren't it. Yeah. <laughs> the common sense drinking age is 30. So I'll, I'll, uh, Johnny pours like, yeah, Johnny pours like a, a, a tiny taste into shot glasses for each of them. He's like, this is the most you're getting. Do not ask for more. Okay, Dad. He's, 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 he said, listen, I, I will also pour you a taste of the thing that is good. This is just to kind of cleanse both the palate and also your brain. Yeah, I'm going to need that for my brain. But it was good. 
Yeah, well, well, don't worry about it. This will this will take care of it. And uh, he holds up his uh, shot glass to everybody. So, hey, to the queen. Just uh, does well. He just kind of plunks his shot glass on the table and then and then knocks it back. It <laughs> is. <laughs> She's gonna need it. It is aggressive. I just like this is this is a this is a physically confrontational flavor. Uh. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's it's intended. Like, don't get me wrong. It is supposed to kind of. It's listen. You're awake. You aren't. You aren't thinking about a damn thing else. You can say that, huh? Considering you are kind of my legal guardian, is this child abuse? No, no. This just objectively not child abuse. No one's is like I'm not telling you you have to do this. I'm just saying like just I'm I'm allowing you to have this option as someone who has the discretion to understand what amount of alcohol is not going to be long term detrimental to you. It just feels foul. It is. And hey, listen, I will tell you this: the vast majority of alcohol is about this bad. All right, there's a lot of good alcohol. But there is a much broader quantity of bad alcohol. And do you really want to have to sort through which is which? And Voidwalker just looks, God damn it. A way to prevent teen drinking. God. They should record this a PSA. God. No wonder you work for the government. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's a it's a very effective uh, it's a very effective tool we're talking about here. Uh, all right. Everybody sit tight. And Johnny goes back to the back and uh, this time uh, comes back out with a hmm. What would be a good thing for after a burger? I will crowdsource opinions on this one. I mean, it's like the go to is a beer cider or something like that. S- see, that feels like an accompaniment to me. That feels like it should go alongside Oh yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. A beer, a cider, a lemonade seem very good things to drink alongside it. But like a post burger, I want to say whiskey. I feel like honestly, scotch would still because of the smokiness. Maybe scotch or yeah, yeah. That feels right. Yeah, it's a scotch. It's a um. It's not one that I'm going to name because, again, avoiding brands and I don't know about embargoes, but it is a scotch. Uh, and it's like a let's say a 14 year. Um, so like old, but not the oldest. Um, again, pours like a little tiny taste for the teenagers. I mean, like we're talking less than a quarter ounce uh, and uh, just like a uh, a regular like a, like a glass pour, a neat pour. Um for everybody who is of legal drinking age, and so this one's more for for sipping on. Uh, y'all can taste it, but uh, this is this is not a this is not a slam it type of beverage. <coughs> oh, I wish you'd said that sooner. Yeah, <laughs> John Doe and Yoki both. I'm so sorry, I, uh, Yokim. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour you some more, but like just 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 gentle now. <coughs> yes. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll be pulled just shot it and uh, he's asking already for a refill Johnny refills it for her but only because he knows that in in uh, in England scotch is much more prevalent so she is probably much more filled with it but like he's like no seriously savor this one it's got some really lovely cereal grain notes that I think you're if just take a little time on it you'll really enjoy it so I guess 
Johnny says, so, uh, Albie, what's your, uh, what's, what's the next move for you and your family? I, I mean, the academy's, uh, sorry, the conservatory's clearly not, uh, quite as, uh, prestigious as it once appeared to be. Um, what's, uh, what, are, what uh, where, where are y'all headed next? What, what's kind of the plan? Well, my wife. I mean, still working on the financial sector in Tokyo, and that is remains as best thing as ever. There's actually been a lot of interest now of the opportunities of remodeling of that. So I think we're gonna stay on North City for a while. I'm gonna need to to enroll Shad in uh, another less prestigious school, but it turns out it's gonna be for the better. Uh, I'm gonna be doing what I think I'm doing. I think. What my family is doing is important for the future of the world and world peace. So I'm going to keep supporting that on this before. If we need to move again for that, we'll move it there again. But I think we're going to be staying on Tokyo for now. I feel like Johnny kind of knows better than to try and you know, there's the people we've talked to before at the Cousinaire Sans Frontier who uh, Johnny is just like, hey, maybe we could, you know, talk to like talk some sense into this person maybe we could you know we, we could we could make them see things a different way i don't think he feels that way about albie pool i think he knows perfectly well like she is where she is and that's where she's gonna be ideologically speaking so he's like well i uh you know i wish you the best in that does you uh you know i hope everything works out well uh for for you and yours uh such as it is anyways uh this, uh, but yeah, so Albie Paul, yeah, uh, she believes that supporting her wife in investment banking is the best way to ensure world peace. John Doe just shares a knowing look with Highway Man, and then immediately, um, so Liz, are you going to stay with us here in Chile, or are you going to try and go back to Belgium? Hmm, I don't know. I don't want, you know my aunt... I kind of don't want to live with her and I was not having fun alone in Belgium. This is why I enrolled in the academy. I honestly, I don't know where to go next. Wait, I know your aunt. Yeah. Who, who's your aunt? Rosa Clays. Rosa Clays. <laughs> yeah. you. That's right. I remember her. She works for the UN. Yes, we, we met during uh, the last debacle with the Snatcher. Well, the what? And uh, Albert Paul is a bit confused. What? No? Uh, no, it's it's top secret uh, System 4 stuff. Uh, you can... St- what, do you, what do you mean it's top secret? It doesn't know all the time. I mean, I, yeah, we met... Wait, what happened to the Snatcher? I uh, Albert Paul seems to not be a pair of the things happening at home. Um, Albie, they there there was a there was an issue and uh the milk snatcher is no longer in charge of England and is gonna face trial in the next couple of months. Okay. And I helped determine where she would go to trial and who would have opinions on that. Yeah, there was sort of a diplomacy component to it that we uh we were party to. Really mostly John. I was you know what, we don't need to get into it. Um but things are fine, right? Things are fine in England. Oh no, everything's a disaster. It's like interdimensional chaos, uh, gangs in the street, 
it's really bad. I mean, I don't, this, things are moving towards a point. You know what? In the very grand scheme of things, things are fine. And you can see something on her purse vibrating intensely. Did you bring Excalibur to Chile? Did you bring Excalibur to lunch? Can I see it? I cannot leave her alone. <laughs> can, can I see it? Yeah. Um, she pulls out Excalibur and it's very disappointing. It does not seem to be that big, like 90 centimeters. And the guard is dull and this has this weird green tarnish, like almost like a bronze blade. And the scabbard is just disgusting. It seems like ready to fall apart at any moment. Yeah, here's a caliber. And then and then Johnny activates the smoke bomb under the table that he's had ready the whole time and says, Go, John, go, get back to the world of canonical of canonical CGA. <laughs> Just go out the window. <laughs> I, I know you're gonna I know what you're gonna say, but can I hold it? Yeah. And she draws the sword and gives it to you when she holds the scabbard. <laughs> God damn it. Alright, that's fair. <laughs> John starts immediately uh, pretty smart doing like various exercise and test swings with Excalibur. All right, easy there, Tiger. We are still a, we're in a restaurant. People are watching. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I I know you do, but they, but listen, but they don't know that. I know you know what you're doing. The other people dining here may not realize that. They may just be seeing a man with a sword, just sort of you know swinging a sword at a diner while they're eating lunch. Fair. How does it feel? Um, um, I get why people are after it. People are after it? I'm sure someone is. It's a cool sword. Yeah, like the Illuminati. I mean, I think everyone knows that I have it. Doesn't seem to have much problem with it. Why would people want it? I mean, do, doesn't the wielder become the one true sovereign of England? How <laughs> people start laughing at you. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, you are serious. You know, because yeah, that's what the that's what the book says. Oh, what does the book say? Pardon me. The book says that King Arthur will come back, get the magic sword, be the one true King England. Which magic sword? From where? Excalibur from the Lady of the Lake. Uh-huh. And he's the uh, but he was already king when he got that sword. Oh fuck. Alright. Yes. You're confounding it with Clarent. Fair. So Clarent is the kingly blade, so to speak. Yeah, Clarent is the sword of the Pendragon line. That is the one that everyone is looking for. Do you know where it is? I have my suspicions. And let's say that's why I choose the bed that I choose. Because I don't think that's an option. Why do I think it's on the moon? Everything seems to be on the moon. Or in the British Museum. No. I think Clarence is in America. Huh. Why? Have you looked at the world around? <laughs> I will say that Clarence is carved in the heart of the University of Chicago. This is why they are the winning ones. I don't have to agree with their ideology, but if there is to be world peace, they have to win. Albie, I think you're a hell of a homemaker. Probably pretty handy with this magic sword. And honestly, a snappy dresser. 
but uh, you should read some books. I'll, I'll lend you some. We'll start a book club. Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarve, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlachter. They can be found at SGCA Delaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettle and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Sentinel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast just because a friend told us about it. Such a, for example, Snyder's Return. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing game interviews and actual play podcast. We interview content creators, Twitch streamers, and fellow podcasters, and we put out our own actual play using a variety of different systems. So come and join us, come and have a listen. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or check out our website at www.snidersreturn.squarespace.com. <laughs>